Is That Really in the Bible presents the teaching ministry of David Freeman. Well, I was getting ready to say, have you ever thought about, you're probably thinking about it a lot, why there are not more people in God's church? And, well, I mean, we know that God has to call a person. No man can come to me except the Father draw him. But I want to touch on another reason why there are, seems to be so few in the church of God. And I'll touch on that as I go through this message. Now, I want to begin by turning to 1 Corinthians 5 and verse 8. Here we have the apostle of grace uh, saying, Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Now, how many, I want you to think about how many people do you know right now who are eating unleavened bread during this, this time? How, how, many, you know, how many of your neighbors, how many of your co-workers, how many family members, how many churches are participating in this event right now, eating that unleavened bread of sincerity and truth? You know, in North Carolina... There are 15,737 churches. How many of those are keeping the Feast of Unleavened Bread? There are today 380,000 churches in the United States. How many of those? And, and, and that, that number, 380,000, you know, I checked those statistics about 15 years ago. It was 450,000 churches in America. They're dropping off. They're becoming, you know, some of them are becoming breweries or bars or, or uh, you know, some type of... It, it's sad. It's sad to see that drop in numbers. But how many of them are eating of the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth? Now, in order to do this, you've got to be sincere about your religion. How does that work? Well, God says do it, and you do it. That's, that's how that works. <laughs> Now, I, I want to encourage today the body of Christ. The reason I want to do this is because if there is one thing you are lacking, it's probably encouragement as the body of Christ. You don't have a lot of people come up and pat you on the back and say, boy, I really respect and admire what you're doing. I really, you know, the, the fact that you... You, you don't work on the Sabbath day or you give your guys off. Now, I think our guys that work with us are, are appreciative that they don't have to work on that day. But, but, you know, you don't really get a lot of pats on the back for your conviction, for your faith. What you do, you surely don't get it from the world. Uh, so you need encouragement. We need encouragement. I need encouragement. We all need, the body of Christ needs encouragement. In fact, often, if you, if, if, if when people find out about your faith, they will say, well, that's, uh, they've got some phrases they use. They, they say, well, that's Old Covenant. That's Mosaic. Uh, he's a Judaizer. I've been called a Jew. Yeah. Uh, and and there, there's always this conclusion of, well, they, they believe in salvation by works. And, and even maybe they've fallen from grace because you're doing these things. 
Now, someone, somebody said, I forget who said this, if you fear to be criticized, say nothing, do nothing, be nothing. I want to add another one. Just go along with the flow. If you don't want to be criticized, just go along with the flow. Do what everybody else is doing. Just, just, just go along with the flow. The problem is you can't do that. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. This is Matthew 5 and verse 14. Neither do men high, uh, light a candle and put it under a bushel, but put it on a candlestick, and it gives light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men, men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now, the encouragement I want to give you today comes from a sort of an unusual concept or idea. Now again, I'm talking to the body of Christ. I'm not necessarily talking to all the churches that are out there, the 380,000 churches that are in America. I'm not necessarily talking to all of them, but I am talking to the body of Christ today. You know, I used to believe that, or I still think the churches have Churches of God have gone sometimes in the area of exclusivism, exclusive church, but that's not always a bad thing, you know, necessarily. But the encouragement I want to give you today is this. Not all people belong in the body of Christ. Not all people belong here at this church. And it's a hard concept to swallow sometimes. Now, we know that God is calling a first fruit. And it should be obvious as you as you look around that, that yeah, God is calling, he, he's, he's calling right now, he is calling a first fruit. He's not calling everybody right now to repentance. The idea that God is just desperately trying to save everyone at this time and the devil's on the other side desperately trying to get everybody lost, it's, it's, not, it's not true. It's not a true concept. It's not a true concept. Acts 2 and verse 38, and this I want to look at something we sometimes overlook. Then Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. This opportunity goes out to who? As many as the Lord our God shall call. It takes a calling. And then we read in 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 26, For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. You know, that's a lot, not many. You know, there's a lot God is not calling right now. Now, do all people belong in this church. Now, if you think about how you would grow a church, how people grow a church, for example, often the church is a place, if, if, if you're down and out, you go there to get your spirits lifted. If you're down on your luck, you go there to be encouraged, to, to build your faith, uh, to build up, to build you up and, and not let you down. In other words, I want to go to church and I want to feel good about my, I want to feel, I want to be encouraged. I want to be strengthened. I want to be, you know, there's a lot of wannabes there that I want. I want to be encouraged. I want to be lifted up. If you need financial help, the church may be a place that you go to to get that. But the problem is, 
There's been a question sometimes I ask when we've had new visitors. We've had new visitors from our program, from my program, Is That Really in the Bible, that come to church. And sometimes I've asked the question, is this the place the person needs to be? And the answer is not always yes. And I'll explain why. I'll explain why. I remember a guy came to our church from the program. Is that really in the Bible? He liked the church. In fact, he loved the church. And uh, he, he, we invited him down to our home, and he just loved my little sign on the uh, back door that said, I'd love to help you out. Which way did you come in? Uh, he loved that, you know. And uh, he, he was at church one time, and he said, man, I just, I like the church, I, I love this church. He said, you'll never get rid of me. And I mean the spirit smote me like a ton of bricks at that moment. I said, oh, I wish you hadn't said that. About two weeks later, he got offended and never came back. <clears throat> the church of God is not the world's churches. Nor should we mimic the world's churches, nor should we act like the world's churches, nor should we model the world's churches. Part, is, part of us understands this. We can't afford it uh, to be like the world. I mean, we can't afford the ping pong tables, the bowling alley, the, the movie theater, the coffee shop. We're lucky to have a building. I mean, let's just face reality right there. We're lucky to even have a building. I remember we used to meet at a motel, and we were having potluck, and we had this big thing of spaghetti, and I had this new Astro van and the spaghetti spilt over on the carpet. It looked like somebody died on the carpet. Oh, I was so discouraged. I was so upset. I said, we need a building. And thankfully, later, we, we were able to get a building. And you have a building here, and that's a great thing. But uh, are we maybe trying to act like the world's church is not to offend anyone. In other words, have you ever, and I could, I could ask, you know, Freddie and Chris and Cord, and I could ask, have you ever thought about when you're standing up here, if I say this, that person is going to get offended. You know it before you get up here. I mean, it's, a, it's a, an uncanny thing, you know. It's a, and you can read people sometimes. You can, you, you can read when you're getting negative feedback, and that person is not liking what I'm saying, you know. And you, you ever thought, well, I don't know, maybe I just shouldn't, shouldn't say it. Maybe I shouldn't speak it. If you want to be successful as a church, say nothing, do nothing, be nothing. Be an entertainment center, a safe haven for people to be, to be a comfort to their conscience if, 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 if you want to be success, successful. You know, if, and I've thought about, I've actually thought about doing this from time to time, and, and in a way I'm kidding, but in a way I'm, I'm not. I've often wondered, how good is my preaching really? Could I build a big church? You know. You ever question that, Fred? You know. <laughs> and and if, I, if we wanted to build a big church, here's what I'd do. First thing I would do is I would can the Sabbath day. You're going to have to get rid of that one. You're going to have to start meeting on Sunday. Okay. Second thing I would do, I would can the Feast of Jehovah. 
You're not going to be able to get, you're just not going to draw people with that one. And don't touch the dietary laws. Don't go there. Don't, 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 do not. And that's, that's why I say not all people belong in the body of Christ. Not pe all people belong here in church. That's why I'm saying that. I want to really touch on this here. Why I, I'm saying this. 2 Timothy 4 and verse 1. 2 Timothy 4 and verse 1. This is a instructions to the ministry, instructions to the church. How do we conduct services? What do we do? How do we do it? 1 Timothy 4 and verse 1. I charge you before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. In other words, I, you, okay, you're going to answer to God, so I want you to do it this way. Here's what I want you to do. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Now, I don't know if you missed it or not, but there's only one positive thing in this verse. It's called exhort. Now, there are whole churches built on this one idea of exhorting. I, and and, and it's, it's, it's good. Exhort. Build up, encourage, build their faith, safe haven for the people, be a comfort to their conscience. However, it says, preach the word, be instant in season and out of season. In other words, proclaim the message, be persistent, whether the time is favorable or unfavorable. In other words, don't just get up here and say, you know, you're sort of, you're saying, man, I, I hope this goes over well, and I'm not sure I want to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Say it again the very next Sabbath day, and then say it again and again. You be instant in season and out of season. Keep saying it until people get it. Uh, don't just give it a one-time shot. Proclaim the message with intensity. That means heat. It's getting hot in here. Whatever. <laughs> Be ready to do this whether or not the time is convenient. Whether you feel like it, and often I've just not felt like it. You know, I just, I just don't feel like saying what i got to say. I'd rather not say it. I'd rather just be quiet. I've always been a quiet person. I'm good at being quiet. I don't talk much. And then I just, just stay silent. Don't, don't say anything. Well, I don't feel like doing this today. I just feel like they won't hear it. They'll be offended. It goes on. Reprove. Rebuke. You know what that means? It means to find fault with. <laughs> what kind of a church is this? I'm not going there. Are you kidding me? <clears throat> now, I know. Often I look at myself and say, well, who am I? I've got enough faults of my own. I'm not going to pick on anybody else. But that's not the point. It says, reprove, rebuke. It says, do the correct, instruct. Do this, correct, and instruct. Do this whether you want to do it or not. Make protests. Say sharp words. Tell people what they need to do. Tell them when they are doing wrong. Point out error. Warn people. Maybe I shouldn't have got into the ministry. You ever think about that? You know, maybe, maybe this is something I don't even belong in, you know, I, because I don't necessarily like this. I don't necessarily want to do this. 
exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Now, believe me, in the church of God, we got a lot of doctrine. We got a lot of doctrine. This is preach it. Whether people want to hear it or not. We have a doctrine of grace. Our doctrine of grace is different than mainstream churchianity. Because we understand first, you've got to understand the role of the law. I remember one time, a long time ago, I used to do a magazine, Crooked and Perverse Nation. And I'd send out emails monthly about the next subject, uh, the, the, the title of the magazine. And I forget what the title was, but I, I made this comment. I said, you know, Christians pretty much know all about grace, but they need to know about the law. And, and Ray King came back with a two-page rebuke and correction. I mean, he said, no, they do not understand grace because you can't understand grace until you first understand the role of the law is to convict of sin and show people what their sins are. Only then can they understand grace. And I didn't like it because it was a two-page rebuke, but he was right, and I was wrong. I mean, okay. It was the truth. We have doctrines about the holy days. All seven of them. Exp explanation of each one. We have doctrines about, we have a doctrine about the Sabbath day. What is it? Who should keep it? What's it for? You know, uh, what's for man? Okay. We have a doctrine about the resurrection in between. Christ spoke of two resurrections. Resurrection of the saints and the resurrection to damnation. But if you read between the lines, there, there's a resurrection in between. Valley dry bones. What shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? Paul's concerned about the Jews who had rejected, who had re rejected Christ. We have a doctrine about the kingdom of God. We have a doctrine about what is man, that man does not have an immortal soul. We have a doctrine about man's destiny, to be born into the family of God. We have a doctrines about health laws. We have doctrines about how to receive the Spirit of God. All of these are doctrines that we are to preach. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. Now, can you understand from all this why I say not everybody belongs in the church? Not all people can handle this. And I, I don't say this disrespectfully, what I'm about to say. But there are some people who are not ready for it, this. And... There are some people, they just need their spirit encouraged and nourished. And, and, and there are some people I would recommend, before I would recommend them to the church of God, I would say, you need to, you're, you're not, you're at a level where maybe you should listen to someone like Joel Olstein. I mean, I like Joel Olstein. He's a great motivational speaker that lifts, you know, people's spirits. And, and maybe you just need to listen to somebody because you're not ready for reproof, rebuke, correction. You're not ready for that yet. You know, sometimes people get offended. You know, people getting offended. Well, I'm offended. You shouldn't, you didn't say that the right way. You should have said that better. I don't like the way you said that. You know, it's like the woman that says, does this dress make me look fat? And the man says, no, it's your fat that makes you look fat. There's, that's truth, but there's no nice way to say it. Okay. There's no nice way to say that. But it is truth. Okay. But people getting offended had, has neutered the ministry. 
It really has. Unless you don't, unless you get to a point where you just don't let it bother you anymore. And you can do that when you're, you know, when you, you can do that when you finally come to the point where you say, look, I'm dying. <laughs> you know, now I know we're all dying, but sometimes you, come, you get to that pivotal point where you know you're dying. And then it doesn't matter that much about offending people. And that's actually a blessed thing to come to that point. <laughs> where, where you finally realize, I'm not going to be around forever. And if people, get, you know, if they get offended, let them get offended. Psalms 119 and verse 165 says this, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Anytime you get offended, it is always your fault. It is always your fault. Every time you get offended, people get offended at church, the devil wins. It's another feather in his hat. You know, and I don't think I'm talking to anybody here. At least I hope not. But if you're always getting, getting offended at church, find another church. That, that would be good advice right there. Find another church. Because not all people belong in the body of Christ at this time. Not all people belong here in this church. If you fear to be criti uh, criticized, say nothing, do nothing, be nothing. Jesus said this, if any man, this is John 7 and verse 17, if any man will do his will, notice this, if any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. Do the will, know the doctrine. Don't do his will, be ignorant of the doctrine. You know, Jesus to, to, says it this way, if what I teach is from God, or if I teach my own thoughts, whether it's from God or whether I'm making it up, there's two types of doctrine, from God or man. Doctrine from God, or what I might call culture or Christianity. Now, again, how many people, as I started out this, verse, this, this message, do, how many people do you know who are keeping these days of unleavened bread, who are putting the leavening out of their lives and eating the, the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth? We need to realize, simply, that we cannot conform to mainstream's view of what a relationship with God is. You will not be able to conform to mainstream's view of what a relationship with God is. The sooner we realize this, the sooner we can get on from where we are now to what God wants us to be. You are called of God. You are special. You're a peculiar people, the Bible says. Don't lose your first love. Let us not lose our love for God's truth. If you would like more information or if you have any questions, write to Is That Really in the Bible? 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia 24151 or visit us on the web at 
isthatreallyinthebible.net. For more information, check us out online at isthatreallyinthebible.net. Listen to the podcast, watch the weekly program, worship with us on our weekly Sabbath service, and be sure to visit our free bookstore. Again, the website is isthatreallyinthebible.net.